Great. It's Applegate Trailer Park. Somebody tell me something good. Three years ago tomorrow is Danny's birthday in Jesus. Tell me something good. I made it home from Houston. That's good. That's good. We like that. So you're glad to come back to us, weren't you? Yeah, we like that. We like that. Did your grandmother cuss at you? No. Good. That's good. See, Lula had people cussing at her. All right. Does it count if it's your wife that's cussing? No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I was just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> Somebody tell me something good. Outstanding, outstanding. Now let me just go ahead and say this now, Daniela. When it gets ready, when you get, when you find out, like if it's a little girl, Rexina, Rexella, Rexita, would that not be good, Rexita? I think is that a deal? Hey, I can't get anybody to agree with that ever, man, ever. Um, last night when Ezekiel got home, he told me that he has they're gonna appoint like, uh, what is it, leaders or whatever who like um, get to like listen on on calls and train people and things are doing wrong, and um, he's gonna apply for that. And um, Melissa from the Good Day Raise and everything. Excellent, we like that. We like and, um, that. Also, like they have one more test, so if everyone could like say that he passed it, because you get six tries. And uh, he hasn't used any of his tries on the other four tests that he passed, so he has six. But hopefully he passes, like, the first time. Oh, yeah, pass the first time. <laughs> yeah, he will. All right, tell me something good, Bernie. We've got a new member. I mean, a new church and my granddaughter. Her first time here. Where is your granddaughter? Next door. Next door. What's her name? Addison. Addison. Excellent. Yeah, and your friend's name? Priscilla. Uh, when Bernie started talking, she said, I brought this person. 
she Priscilla was had asked her to not to say friend, but I thought I'd rat her out. So Priscilla, it's good to have you. It is good to have you. It really is. Oh, Pr <laughs> Priscilla, we understand now. We understand. We pray for Priscilla every day. All right, last call. Tell me something good. I got a raise today. Outstanding. Outstanding. I know they look alike. <coughs> well, after three and a half years, we finally got the adoption going, and we're going to become legal this coming Friday. Okay, now listen to this. Listen, because... I, I, we've been praying for this for three and a half years, right? We've been praying for this off and on, different things, different times. Uh, sometimes when we weren't for sure how it was going to go. But the decision is final. Adoption becomes final, legal, done. Friday, 8.30. I know... That if you got a chance at 8.30 Friday morning, you uh, show up at that courthouse and we'll celebrate God's goodness and His faithfulness in, in answering our prayers. First floor? First floor? It's a judge's thing, right? Um, Eloise can give you detailed directions. She was giving me directions the other day while I was driving. I ended up in Tahoka. I bet I... So maybe you should talk to Richard. All right. No, I wasn't even right in bed. I'm just teasing. All right, somebody, t last call. Is that it? That's amazing. You got your Bibles? Go to the Gospel of John. Now, it's interesting, we were in a discussion the other day, and I said, turn to John. And they said, is that the first John there in the Bible? And I said, yeah, it's the first John in the Bible, but it's not the book that's called First John. So I've confused you completely. Look for red letters. Find the red letters, and that's the John. Okay? The red letters, that's the John. If you don't have red letters, wave your hand and somebody will help you find it. All right? Did you find it? Yeah, Julie will help you. Don't be, you don't have to use that table of contents when you've got me this close. Look at, oh, you got red letters. No. We're going to be in chapter two. All right, I can't turn those pages. You can find chapter 2. All right. Good man. Good man. I saved, I saved the best good news for right now because it'll be perfect to, to tell you and then make the transition to John. 
last Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night, we, we ended our discussion with this reminder that when people learned that Jesus was the Lamb of God who would take away our sins, people wanted to follow Him. Now, some people want to just hang out with Him because they think they're going to get something. They're going to get some money for this. They're going to get a help for this. And that happens. God is good, and He helps in lots of ways and lots of different and kinds of ways. But these folks knew they wanted to follow Jesus because He was the one that was going to take away their sins. While they were following Him, Jesus noticed it and said, What do you guys want? Remember what they said? They wanted to know where, where are you staying. Basically, they were saying, We want to be wherever you, want to, wherever you are. Honestly, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of all of our meetings? Whether there's pizza or not, whether the chairs are set in rows or not, whether there's somebody leading us in singing or not, whether I'm yelling at you or not, the whole point of our meetings are we just want to be where He is. If He's here right now, which I believe He is, I want to be here. And one day... One day when this life is over, I want to be with him wherever he is, right? That's what he said. He said, come on. There are other people that don't want you around. Now, that may not be true of all of you, but that's true of some of us. There are some people that don't want me around, and I don't blame them. You understand, I got, I got no anger, got no bitterness, got no resentment about them. Because I was the one that did it. I was the one that did the things that caused them to feel that way about me. Why can I, how can I blame them? Really? Right? How can I blame them for not wanting me around when I was the guy who did the horrible thing that made them not want me to be around? I don't know that I understand when people get bitter. Well, those people are being judgmental. Well, in my case, I deserved them to be judgmental. So they have a right to judge me. Let them judge me. I can't change that. But Jesus doesn't feel that way about me. And Jesus looked at me and said, come on. And Jesus looked at you and said, come on. Well, Elijah, you call him Eli, and Daniela, last week after we heard Jesus say, come on, they said, all right. And they sat down and visited and learned about Jesus. And they both made the decision that they wanted to start living their life His way, and they both received a new life in Jesus last week. That's good stuff, man. That is good stuff. It is the best decision, most important decision you'll ever make, because it's the decision that's eternal. In this room, there are people, there in this room, there are people who want things to be different in their lives. What we're going to read tonight shows that, that Jesus is the way to get that done. Chapter 2, chapter 2. Jesus goes to a wedding. Horror of horrors. You know how weddings are supposed to be, right? Everything is supposed to be just right. There are women that spend Weeks, if not months, not when I talk about money, because money is just way insane on weddings. 
But I know women that have spent months, months looking for the right dress. And I, there's a show on TV I saw advertised Bridezilla. I would be, I'd be going to jail for murder with some of them women. Anyway, that point is, they're people, that's, and they want that dress just to be just right. And they want their hair. I, I know women, I know them, who hire people to come do their makeup. You can't put on your own eyebrows. You, God gave you eyebrows. I don't know why you have to draw them on, but they got to have somebody, and they have to have help drawing them on, right? And then you got to have somebody do your lips. You can't find your lips. They're right here. They're just right here, but they got to have, and then I'm serious. Then they got to have somebody help them do their hair, and I promise you, I've seen some of those hairdos. They should have got out right out of bed, and they just come. It would have been just the same, right? Now, the point is, everything's got to be just right. And I watched, I watched back in the day, back in the day when I was a preacher, I used to do a bunch of weddings. I try not to do weddings now. That's a good way to kill two good days, man. <laughs> wedding rehearsal. When you're the preacher, you got to do the wedding rehearsal. And then when you have the wedding, it's nothing but cake. No fried chicken or nothing. All right, anyway. Anyway, I saw, I went to a wedding. Serious. Big old church. Massive church. And they had lights and had mood lighting and all that kind of stuff. And there were like eight attendants apiece. Dressed in special dresses. The bridesmaids were dressed in special dresses that were horrendous that you would never wear again. But you have to wear them because the bride wants you to. And then the, all the groomsmen were wearing tuxes. I, it was a big fancy deal. Here I am and I'm thinking, what am I doing at this kind of wedding? But I'm standing up at the front and it, the music starts playing and the lights dim and everything gets really dramatic. And here comes, and they're doing that wedding march thing. It's like you, you hadn't learned to walk. If, you, if you're getting married, you should be old enough to walk, right? But they walk real slow, and it's taking forever. And it's driving me crazy because I want to get out of there as fast as I can because I'm having to wear a tie, and I didn't dig that. Anyway, here comes a little boy. You know, if you're planning a wedding, do not plan for children to be in your wedding. It's a train wreck. Here comes this little boy holding the pillow with the rings. And if you have a little boy in your wedding holding the ring, do not let the real rings be on the pillow. He will swallow it or something horrible. Anyway, he's carrying the little pillow. And the little, the little girl, the little flower, girl. flower child was all I could think of. Flower girl, she's throwing the petals out. Well, this little boy, this little girl's finished throwing the petals out. Well, she wants to hold hands with the little boy. He wants none of that kind of deal. They didn't tell you. They didn't bargain that. So he starts running down the aisle. Folks, his kid's about four years old, and he's making, he's making headway. He's coming down the aisle. He's running full speed by the time he gets to the front. Just as he gets in front of this audience, he sickles his... He, he frisbees that pillow out across the audience. Shoo. I have no memory of what anybody else was doing, but I was laughing. I was almost on the ground, and I'm supposed to be the preacher. That little kid was running out the side door when his dad, was one of the groomsmen, stepped back and caught him. 
and just snatch him and just drug him around there and held him in place for a little while until he calmed down. Point, all of that is, Jesus went to a wedding, and I don't know if any, horror of horrors, everything else must have been right, but they ran out of wine. They ran out of wine that they were serving their guests. <gasps> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And a mother, typical of mothers, I love you mothers, but you want to take care of everybody. And so Mary, being the mother that she was, said, if you'll talk to my son, he'll take care of it. Jesus says, Mom, do you really think that I was sent to the world to make sure these people have enough refreshments? Come on, right? Well, Jesus said, and she, Mary knew what he would do. She said, uh, just do whatever he tells you to do. And he said, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, um, I want you to fill up the jars with water. Each of them held 20 to 30 gallons. These are big old jars. My brother told me the other day he works, for, work, works with a guy who called him the other day, called him late at night. He was on, my brother's the manager, and this guy called him. They had an emergency call, and he said, uh, hey, I just got a call for five gallons of uh, diesel, but I don't know how many gallons that this five-gallon can holds. <laughs> Do your head thing, Elizabeth, yeah. I don't have to know algebra to know five gallons. Anyway, Jesus says, fill up these jars with water. So they do. Now he says, what I want you to do is I want you to take some. Take some out and take it to the master of the banquet. Watch what he did. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the, the guests have had enough to drink or too much to drink. But you've saved the best until now. This was the first miraculous sign Jesus performed in, at Canaan in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory to his disciples, and his, or he revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. I want you to focus on verse 11. And I'm going to take a minute to say, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how to make this apology, okay? I've, I've been teaching, I've been teaching that story, reading and teaching that story for almost 40 years, maybe 40 years. And for the majority of those times, and if I could go back and apologize to the people I taught, I would do it. And I'm doing it now. I, I'm assuming this is being recorded, so I'll say it now. And anybody who listens who will hear the apology. For most of those 40 years, for most of their, those 40 years, I made a point of saying, now you understand we need to talk about this thing of wine. And I, I wasted time, I believe, talking to people uh, about whether or not this was the wine that would intoxicate you or not. Now hang on. Hang on. I believe the things I was saying are true. I think I can prove that Jesus didn't make intoxicating wine, but that's not the point. I'm not going to waste a minute on that. But the reason I used to do that is, and it's shame on some of us, or those who were listening, 
Because what they wanted to do, the reason I made such an issue of it is because so many people had made the issue with me. Well, I can go out and get drunk. I can go out and drive my car while I'm under the influence. I can go out and, and carouse. I can go out and destroy my family. I can go out and beat my children. I can go out and wreck my life. I can go out and be a drunk because Jesus made wine. Well, let me say first to me, shame on me. Shame on me. Shame on me for ever teaching anything other than what Jesus meant to be taught here. And after I say this next thing, I'm going to teach what Jesus intended for me to teach. But shame on you or anybody else that ever used what the Master did here as an excuse to drink and lose your mind by that alcohol. Shame on you too. So let's focus on what Jesus really did. He revealed His glory. I love That's what He did. Jesus can take water and turn it into wine. He doesn't have to touch it. He doesn't have to sprinkle any kind of magic dust on it. He doesn't have to wave a Harry Potter wand. He doesn't have to utter any in incoherent incandation. What he has to do is just say, uh, pour that in there, take some out. And Jesus turned water into wine. He revealed His glory. And people began to believe in Him. These stories were written down just for that reason. We'll get there eventually, but in John chapter 20, Jesus will say it, that these signs were written these signs are written so that people would believe. So sitting in this room, there are people who are wanting, who really want to change. Now some of you, I, I, always, I say this every week, and I, I'm going to keep saying it as long as we have fresh faces. Your only reason of being here may be that you came for pizza. You're welcome here anyway. Your reason for coming may have been to see these folks. You need help if that's it, but you're welcome to be here, right? Mm. But there's some of us, and I, I'm convinced of it, there's some of us that came because we want Jesus to change our lives. We want Jesus to make us different. We want Jesus to make us better, right? Now I'm going to give you a chance to talk. Somebody in this room, tell me what you'd like to see Jesus do with your life. You wanted to... I want Jesus to change me. I'll start. I want Jesus to make me a better man. I want Jesus to help me become the man He created me to be. Especially, especially in the sense of purpose, in fulfilling purpose. That I quit worrying about what somebody else is going to say or think. What somebody else is going to judge or not judge. No, I want to be the kind of man Jesus wants me to be whether anybody likes it or not, kind of thing. What do you want Jesus to do? What do you want Jesus to change in you? Yeah. What do you want? Better mom. What do you want Jesus to change in you? A better dad. What do you want Jesus to do? What do you want Jesus to change in you? Um, 
front. Be a better mom. Last call. What do you want Jesus, Catherine? Jesus showed up at a wedding, and I don't know what the I don't know what the bride was wearing. Don't care. Don't know what the bridegroom was wearing. Don't care. Don't I don't know about all the arrangements. I don't know if the flowers all match the outfit. I don't know. I don't know anything about that culture. Don't know anything about that thing. I just know that Jesus revealed His glory. I mean, I can't tell you. I wish that happened at every wedding. I wish it happened at every church service. I wish it happened at every Bible class. I wish it happened at every time I read my Bible or said my prayers that Jesus would reveal His glory and I would remember and I would believe that Jesus can change. If He can change water into wine, can He change me into a better man? Can He? Yes. So we walk away from this wedding with this one thought. Jesus can do what nobody else can do. And He can change you even if nobody else can. Now, I've said it before. I'm going to repeat it. If Jesus can take a dirt clod and turn him into a man, what can He do with a man who's been a clod? Can He change us? Yes. What can he do? If he can take a, a rib from a man's side and create woman, what can he do with a woman who's a pain in the neck? Can he change them? Can he change them? Yes. You saw Jesus do this miracle, you read the sign. You read it with me. Do you believe? Then trust His ability. You are not hopeless. You are not helpless. Nobody else maybe can, but Jesus can. Keep reading. He went down to Capernaum with his mother's brothers and his disciples, and he stayed there a few days. Boy, it's nice to go home and be with Mama. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, they decided to go to Jerusalem. That's what all Jews were supposed to do. That's what Jesus and all of his race was supposed to do at a certain at this time of the year. He was Passover. He walked into Jerusalem, and in the temple courts he found... Now stop, don't read it. Just fill in the blank of what it should be. He, he walked into the temple. And you know temple is like uh, some of you that came out of big old church buildings that like cathedrals and they're just fancy. They got 
stained glass windows and gold covered altars and mahogany carved symbols. I mean, you, big old churches in this town, they look nice, man. And you walk in and what you, you, he found men, fill in the blank, what do you think he found men doing? Praying. Praying. They found men Worshiping, singing, praising God. They found men serving others. Let me help you, brother. Let me show you my love. What do you find men doing? Read the phrase. In the temple courts he found men selling cattle, sheep, doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Now hang on a second. I don't... I, I care nothing about us understanding the culture of what they were doing here. I just know, you already know something's wrong. Because instead of smelling incense burning, what did he smell? Yeah. And you know what you smell when there's any animals around. When, you should, when he should have heard people praying and praising God, what did he hear? What do you hear? What do you hear? Okay, move past the animals. What do you hear? They were cheating each other. They, they, were, they were bargaining and cheating each other. Well, there's nothing I can do about that, so I guess, you know, I'll just have to go along with them. Because that's what everybody does. Right? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, there's nothing I can do about this. That's just the way it is. I can't do anything. I just guess I'll go along with everybody. Because listen, you can't make any difference. People are just going to be people no matter what you do. I mean, and if I stop, stop them from doing it here, they'll just go somewhere else to do it. So I guess there's no reason to ever stand up, no reason to ever speak up, no, ever re no reason ever to try to do anything to make anything different. Right? Right? Wrong. Look what it says he did. He made a whip out of cords. Now, folks, I'd like to meet the old boy that gave him the piece of rope. He walked over to somebody and said, Hey, could I borrow you a piece of cord? And the guy said, Sure, here's your piece of cord. What did he do with it? He made a whip. He made a whip out. Look what it said. I didn't write it. He made a whip out of cords and he drove all from the temple area. Both sheep and cattle, he scared the corns of the muddy changers and overturned their tables. Now stop, just a second, just a second. Who's he driving out of that temple? And? The people that let the animals in there and all those money changers, right? Now hang on a second. My little Bible class teacher, little sweet Bible class Now children, Jesus went into the temple and he saw these animals and he saw these money changers and said he made a whip out of cords and he drove them out of the temple. But we know that he didn't hit any of the people. He just hit the animals. Now, I don't know how she knew that, but that's what she taught me. Now, hang on real quick, real quick. I've lived a little bit since then and I've learned a little bit about men since then and when you read what Jesus is doing here what do you see 
You see, anger. This is a righteous anger. In fact, he's going to say, zeal for your house has consumed me. Folks, Jesus is angry. He's righteous anger. He's wholly angry at what these people are doing. And how did he overturn the tables? How did he over Hang on, hang on, hang on. What kind of tables are we talking about first? Put yourself there. They didn't have these little old plastic tables. And those of us, those of us who grew up going to big church... They didn't invent these until just a week or two ago. Man. Back in the day when you were moving tables, what were they like? Those old metal tables, it was heavy. But these tables that these folks used didn't have legs that would fold up. They were just regular old tables. I imagine it was, it was temple kind of furniture stuff. It was good stuff. And you got your money all over. How do you give me two? How do you give me five? Who give me ten? And they were selling stuff and swapping stuff and arguing and cheating. You take me that money. Oh, you're not gonna. I'll get you. And Jesus says, "Excuse me, excuse me, sir. Do you mind? Would you like to move over, please? Because I need to turn over your table. Okay? Could could you help me with that end, please? Is that what he did? But we have this idea of Jesus that. Oh. I, it's okay for you to feel that way. <laughs> Accept your feelings. I'm so sick of that. He turned all the tables. What was he doing? He was whipping and throwing stuff, and he was having him a Jesus. He was going Old Testament on them is what he was doing. Right? He was throwing things. Now, what do you think those guys were doing? I know what the animals were doing. Animals got enough sense when somebody's whipping on them to go the right direction. Ah! And they're out of there, right? What are the men doing? They're trying to get their money. They're trying to get him to back off, Jack. And what does he do? He goes Old Testament and he cleans that place out. Huh. He cleans that place out. What did I just learn about Jesus? I like what you said first. Jesus don't play. Folks, church is not playtime. <coughs> Following Jesus isn't playtime. It's not the time to put on an act. And it's time for us, starting with me, it's time for me to be real about this deal. I remember teaching this. I've got to tell you enough of the story, and I wanted my daughter to be here so she could confirm it, but she, um, the timing of her, she's driving in from Canadian. She didn't, the timing wasn't right, so she didn't get to be here. But I wanted her to confirm. <laughs> I used to teach my child, my daughter. I used to tell her, and I taught lots of girls this, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I'll just teach you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, ladies. Do you have a right to protect it? Do you have a right to keep money changers away from it? Yes. Do you have a right to keep animals away from it. Yeah. And some of you need to borrow a cord from somebody. <laughs> hey, granddad, don't give her any ideas, huh? I, I told my daughter, I said, you're going to be on a date sometime and that old boy's going to pull over to the side of the road and 
when he does that, first thing you do is say, you get this car going back again, or I'll knock you out and I'll, t I'll drive back. But <laughs> if you can't, if you can't help it, and it, somehow you ended up, you ended up there and you're in a place where, and he, and he says, can I, honey, can I, can I, can I? I said, don't let him hint around about it. Ask him. I said, what is it you want me to do? And tell him, I said, and then get him to be plain about it. Get him to be real blunt, okay? And just say, now, what is it you want to do? And tell him to describe it. Get it real plain. Get all the information he can give you. And I said, none of this, uh, oh, well, I don't know. When I, I, when you not tell anybody? Forget all that stuff. Are you sure you won't tell? No, forget all that stuff. And then what I want you to do is say, hang on. Hang on, I'm going to pray about this. And roll your window. Now, back in the days, that was when you rolled the window down. Now you can't roll the window, roll it down. And then I said, I want you to put your head outside the window. I want you to look up toward God. And then I want you to pray. And I believe it's okay to pray out loud. And you say, Lord, this is Sherry. I'm Rex Boyle's daughter. We live at 4308 93rd Street. And I'm on a date with Tommy. Tommy Henderson, yeah. His parents live on 44th Street. Yeah, he's a doctor. Deacon at the church. He just asked me if he could. And then you tell God exactly what that boy wants to do. And then say, is that okay? And I looked at her and I said, until God says yes, don't you dare. And then I took it to the next step. Because some boys, when they get in that mood, and guys, I'm telling you, sometimes it's girls now, they get in that mood. I said, that old boy gets in that mood. He won't take no for an answer. So you have to assume if he doesn't understand language, maybe he's hearing impaired. <laughs> and so what you do is you ask him, close your eyes. And when he closes his eyes, while his eyes are closed, you place your hand, just place your hand right up on the side of his face, and with your fingers hanging over his ear, yeah, you want it just like that. Now, he's going to love that because he's in the mood and his eyes are closed. And you touch his face, he's going, ooh, here it comes. And yep, here it comes. And what you do is while his eyes are closed, you rear back and you lay one on him now. I said, Sherry, do not punch him because... All due respect, you women. I know how you punch. Stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. Stop it. Don't do that. No. You know what you do better than punching? Slap. And you slap. And you slap him. And slap him up on his ear so it'll ring for about three days. And for three days he'll think, I think I heard somebody say no. And you lay hands on him. I finished teaching that. I won't tell you where, but it was on the West Coast. I finished teaching that, and the lady came up to me very prim and proper. Brother Boyles. You know you're in trouble when somebody says Brother Boyles. Brother Boyles, do you really believe that it's appropriate to teach our children violence? Now, I wasn't, I wasn't then as gracious and as patient as I am now. And I said, ma'am, 
I think I'm required by God to teach my daughter to slap the skin off a guy that's going to do anything to her. <gasps> and I said, if Jesus has the right to fight to cleanse the temple, ladies, you've got a right to protect the temple of God that is you. You understand that, ladies? Guys, the same is true of you. You've got a right to protect you. Jesus, following Jesus isn't play, folks. Following Jesus is real stuff. You've got people in your life that want to set up money changing in your heart. You've got people that want to camp out and do, have, have a, a whole herd of pigs and cows and camels and stuff parked in your heart. You want people to treat you. You have people in your life that want to treat you like a barnyard. Don't you do it. You belong to God. And Jesus walked into that temple and said, Not on my watch. Basically said, Over my dead body. And he made sure they understood where he stood. Your boyfriends know where you stand? Do your boyfriends know where you stand? Or are you laying down too easy? Your girlfriends know where you stand? Your girlfriends know where you stand? These folks had no, had no doubt after this was over where Jesus stood. You following Jesus? Let Him reveal His glory, the glory that is you, the glory that is what He's done for you to change you, and then take that stand. Protect that temple of God. One of these days we're going to we talk about it a little bit, but one of these days I want you to see. We're going to discuss it in more ter plainer terms than I can do it now. Verse 23, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. Ladies, gentlemen, this is about following Jesus. There are going to be people in your life that you cannot trust. Yes, but if I'm a Christian, I trust everybody. I don't know who taught you that lie. Because Jesus Himself, it says, of Jesus Himself. I didn't write it. Jesus Himself. Jesus would not entrust Himself to man because He knew what was in all men. That's the truth, y'all. Ladies, learn this lesson. We're following Jesus. We're pleasing Jesus. We're becoming Jesus. We're not placed in the world to make sure that everybody in our family, everybody in our house, everybody in our bed, everybody in our world is happy with us. Do not entrust yourself to people that cannot be trusted. I didn't write that. Jesus, him, look, Jesus would not entrust himself to men, for he knew all men. I wish we had time. 
Because there's people in this room that would, could, and I think would, stand up and say to you ladies, some of you younger ones especially, do not, do not sacrifice yourself. Do not sacrifice what is sacred for the dogs and the pigs that some of these men are. And I know there's some fellas in here that would say it because I'd be one of them. And I am saying it. Fellas, just because she's willing does not mean it's right. Just because you have a need does not mean it's right. Just because you don't think anybody will find out does not mean it's right. Do not entrust yourself to anyone that can't be trusted. I don't know how many times I've read these things. Don't know how many times I've taught them. I know for the biggest part of my 40 years of teaching them, I missed the point. I missed the point on the first one. So let me say it again. Forget your position if you've been shameful and said, well, I can drink because Jesus made water into wine. Shame on you. But also lose the position that you're going to waste one minute arguing that that's whether it's the wine that's intoxicating or not. Forget that. And let's see the real miracle here. If Jesus can turn water into wine, what can he do with me? If Jesus can do, turn water into wine, what can He do with me? What can He do with you? Let Him show His glory in you. And then the second one, while we trust His ability to do that to us, let's respect His authority. This is His temple. This is His temple. Let's let Him have His way. Not that old boy that looks dreamy and all goo-goo eyes at you. No, 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 no. Not that old boy. Not that old girl. No, that says all those sweet things. No, 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 no. You let Jesus, you let Jesus take care of this temple. You let Jesus have his way with this temple. And you trust his ability and you respect his authority. And just as a P.S., don't entrust yourself to people that can't be trusted. Do not entrust yourself to people that can't be trusted. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight, for these folks, the way they listen, and for the way they're living, what they're trying to do with their lives. God, we really do, at least most of the ones I'm looking at right now, they want, God, they want to follow Jesus. They want to be better. They want to be like Jesus. They want to... Uh, become the men and women that he wants them to be. Don't give up on us, God. Keep fighting for us. But I'd ask God that you give some of the women in here courage to finally say no and to do whatever they've got to do to get those pigs and dogs out of there and away from there temple, your temple. And God, would you give some of these men courage and honor 
to not do what comes so easy, not do what comes so natural, but to stand up and be men of God, honorable, noble, self-controlled, righteous men. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks, folks. Hug somebody whether you like them or not. Whether I like them or not. <laughs>